Good morning. Welcome to worship at Reveille United Methodist Church. We are so glad to have those of you who are joining us here in our sanctuary today, as well as those of you who are joining us online. My name is Kelly Lane, and I'm one of the ministers here today. We have our intern from Union Presbyterian Seminary, Bio Ogambade preaching for us, and he has a great message, so you are in for a treat. It is going to be an awesome service of worship. Not only is Bio preaching, but today is United Women in Faith Sunday, so we have many women in our leadership today, and we are celebrating the leadership of women. We want to make sure that you see the insert in your bulletin. You are welcome to join our circles at any time. And on you'll see on the back of this insert that the first opportunity we have coming up, the call to prayer and self-denial on March 15th, is open for all women in the church. So we hope that you will, or you don't even have to be in our church. It's open to all women. So invite a friend and come to this. Also, next Sunday, um, we have a guest preacher, Will Willimon. So we are looking forward to that. The Lord be with you. Let us prepare our hearts and minds for worship. Please stand in body or in spirit and join me in our call to worship. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From whence does my help come? The Lord will not let your foot be moved. The Lord who keeps you will not slumber. The Lord is your keeper. The sun shall not smite you by day. The Lord will keep you from all evil and will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out 
and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. God of Abraham praise. Please join me in singing. mercy is eternal. Trusting in God's love and grace, let us confess our sins together. Holy and ever-present God, forgive us for our reluctance towards your invitation. We desire to fully live into our calling as Christians, but far too often 
We have struggled to give up our comforts. We have chosen to call ourselves Christian, but have not completely accepted what comes with living the Christian life. We have chosen what is easy and have rejected what is hard. Forgive us, O Lord, and empower us to accept your invitation to discipleship so we can experience the fulfillment of your ultimate promise, which is life everlasting with you. Amen. Hear the good news. God forgives all those who repent. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. As those who have been forgiven and reconciled to God and neighbor, let us exchange signs of Christ's peace with those around us. And if the children will come up for the children's message. Sunday school, so I missed some of my friends when I wasn't there. Um, I'm wondering if you like to be in darkness or not. Hmm. What do you think? Sometimes I like it when it's dark, and sometimes I don't like it when it's dark. I like it when I go to the country or to the mountains and there are no city lights around. What do you just see more easily when you're out there than in the city? What's that? All the stars and the planets. And haven't the planets been gorgeous this past week? Oh, I've loved seeing them. Yes, all the stars and the planets. And the moon will light your way sometimes. It's a big moon. It can light the path for you to follow. Right. You know, I used to like to go camping. But it's dark in the woods. Have you ever been camping? Yeah, it's really dark. What do you take with you when you go camping so you can see? Izzy, what do you take? A flashlight, right. Is that what you take too? Armas? Camping in the backyard is fun. I love that. 
You what? Oh, a headlamp. Oh, that's cool. There. And you brought two lamps, right, to, to light your way when you went for a walk through the woods or when you were in a dark tent or cabin. The light shows you where to go. Right. Well, you know, sometimes I don't like the dark, and I don't like the dark when I'm sleeping and one of our cats or our dog says, I want to go outside, and it's dark, and I have to fish around to try to find my cell phone, and then I have to find my glasses and turn the flashlight on the cell phone and, and kind of follow my way until I can get where I can turn a light on, an overhead light, and see so that the light will light my path. Maybe when you wake up at night, you see a light down the hall or a light in the bathroom, or maybe you have a night light that will guide you. It kind of says, come here. Here I am. I'm the light. Well, God is like that. Did you know that? God is like a light saying, come. I'll show you where to go. We just sang a hymn about the God of Abraham, praise. Have you heard of Abraham? Yeah, I think most of you probably heard of Abraham. Abraham um, loved God, and God loved Abraham so much. Um, Abraham, and our story today, is called Abram, and his wife is called Sarai. Abraham... Um, was talking with God one day, and God said, if you pack up and take your wife and your nephew Lot and your belongings and go to this new land, I will lead you there. And when you get there, I will give that land to you. And you know what? Abram did just that. He, He trusted God, and he packed everything up, and they journeyed to this new land called Canaan. God shone his light for Abram to follow. I'll tell you something else awesome is that God loves you and me just like he loved Abram, and God will help us find our way just like a light that helps us find our way if we look to God. I was wondering if you can pray with me right now. And if we can pray a different way, let's lift both hands up. I can only lift one and hold the microphone. Both hands up towards the light and towards God in prayer. And you can repeat after me. Loving God, thank you for the moon and the stars. And thank you. For Abram and Sarai, help me remember to follow you and your light this week and always. Amen. Thank you for coming up. You may go back to your seats or go with Miss Kathy.
Gracious God, give us humble, teachable, and obedient hearts that we may receive what you have revealed and do what you have commanded through Christ our Lord. Amen. Today's first lesson is from the book of Genesis, chapter 12, verses 1 through 4a, which may be found on page 8 of your pew Bible. Abram and his nephew Lot lived as an extended family. Abram's wife, Sarai, had been unable to have children. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you, and I will make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and the ones who curse you I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. And so our second reading this morning comes from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 8, verses 31 through 38. Then Jesus began to tell them that the Son of Man must suffer many terrible things and be rejected by the elders, the leading priests, and the teachers of religious law. He would be killed, but three days later he would rise from the dead. As he talked about this openly with his disciples, Peter took him aside and rebuked him for saying such things. Jesus turned around and looked at his disciples, then reprimanded Peter. Get away from me, Satan, he said. You are seeing things merely from a human point of view and not from God's. Then calling the crowd to join his disciples, he said, if any of you wants to be my follower, You must turn from your selfish ways. Take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my message in this adulterous and sinful days, the Son of Man will be ashamed of that person when he returns in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. This is the word of God for the people of God. Will you all join me in a quick spirit of prayer? Lord God, we want to tell you first and foremost, thank you for allowing us to be here on this day, on this beautiful day on March 5th. Holy Spirit, we ask for you to illuminate this space and open our eyes and open our ears so we can see and hear what it is that you are calling us to do and who you are shaping us to be. And lastly, Lord, 
May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. You are our strength, our rock, and our redeemer. And we all ask all of these things in the name of your son, Jesus, and all of God's people say, amen. All right, friends. So I want us to center ourselves around the word call. Everybody say call. All right, so as I'm going throughout my message today, I'm going to have three other C's, three other words that began with C that I will be preaching about. So the first one is call. So hold on to that word, call. And so whenever we get a phone call, my mind automatically goes towards a phone call. And, you know, whenever we get a phone call, our phones usually vibrate, they make a sound, they make noises. Some people's phones actually talk to them. But either way, a phone does all of these things to get our attention, and we are presented with the choice on whether we want to answer or not. And there's our second C. So everybody say choice. So now we have call, and now we have choice. So we have two C words, and it's two more coming. Depending on who it is, what we're doing, what time of day the call is coming, and so forth, there could only be a variety of reasons as to why we do or don't wish to answer the phone. It could be that relative that wants to engage in small talk before asking you for a favor. It could be that one person that's just having a bad day and just can't find anything good and they need somebody to talk to. It could be some poor seminarian calling his mom because he's too lazy to cook at home, so he asks her to bring him food. <laughs> I'm, I'm projecting, maybe a little bit, maybe a little bit, okay. But either way, Choosing to answer a phone call takes things from us. It takes time. It takes attention. It takes energy. However, more often than not, how much we're willing to give up of these things often depends on who is calling. And so I want you all to hold on to the imagery of choice. Remember, call and choice. Now hold on to the imagery of choice, except we're going to be talking about this in the context of Abraham, known as Abram in this story, but we'll call him Abraham for this, for this opportunity of preaching here. Unlike us, Abraham did not have a cell phone, but God was still able to get in touch with him. And so when God called Abraham, God told him to do the following, go from your country your people, and your father's house, and go to a land in which I will show you. And so while Abraham didn't have a choice in choosing answer or decline on God, he did have a choice in choosing how to respond to what he was being asked of. And so in return for his faithfulness, God promises Abraham that he will experience many blessings and great things. A great nation will come out of him. His name will be made great. But let's put ourselves just in the shoes of Abraham for a quick moment. And for starters, just as our lovely scripture reader read, Abraham was 75 years old. Now, friends, you look at me, I'm not 75 years old. But if I was 75 years old, I imagine myself on my yacht somewhere with my feet propped up on my boat. And I'm, you know, enjoying my ride off into the sunset, thinking to myself, man, I have done my dues. I have paid my time all back to Uncle Sam. Let me let those young little whippersnappers take care of everything because I've already done all of my time. So if anything, I probably believe that I would be at that moment the least expected person to be called. 
But when, what we see in this story of Abraham, especially given the title of our message, so what do I get out of this? We see that Abraham does not even waste time asking that question. He just does what God tells them to do and goes to this land that he has not yet seen because the promise itself was simple enough for him to go. And so Abraham was obedient to the will of God no matter what it cost him. And so similar to the call that Abraham received from God, we see that Jesus also received a call Although his call was more of a premonition. And this is our third C. So everybody say Christ. All right. So we have call, we have choice, and now we have Christ. And so this premonition was foreshadowing his death and his eventual resurrection. And in this premonition, the first of three that Jesus received throughout his lifetime, Jesus observed that he would be rejected by the chief teachers, leaders, preachers, and elders of the church. He would experience great suffering, be crucified until dead on the cross, and then be resurrected on the third day. And upon hearing this, Jesus shared this with his disciples. And listening to this, Peter took Jesus aside and rebuked him, to which Jesus replies, Get behind me, Satan. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but purely human concerns. And now let's talk about this for just a minute. Let's put ourselves in the shoes of Peter. Because look, just like every other disciple, Peter loved and revered Jesus. And similar to many of us, Peter had his own self-conceived notion of who he believed that Jesus was. To Peter, Jesus was the Messiah, the king of the Jews. He was this mighty war king that was going to deliver all the people from Israel with a mighty, mighty hand, mighty fist. He was the son of the most high God. And so in recognizing this, Peter put Jesus into a box and said, this is all Jesus is and this is all he's going to do. So in this sense, Peter's view was limited because... When Jesus, this Messiah, this war king that he believed was going to deliver his people, began talking about suffering, about rejection, about death and dying on the cross, this rattled Peter's boat. Peter looked at this and was challenged, which is why and what led him to rebuke Jesus. And then Jesus' response to Peter had a, a twofold purpose. First of all, Jesus' usage of the name Satan. So when he said, get behind me, Satan, you do not have the concerns of God in mind, but the mind of human concerns. In that moment, Jesus was tempted. You know, in this moment, uh, Satan is telling Jesus, oh, look, Jesus, you don't have to follow this call. You don't have to do this. It's easy to just let it go. It's more comfortable. You don't have to answer this call. And so in this moment, Jesus was tempted by Satan. And this is something that many of us can fall into believing as well. Oftentimes, the, you know, being tempted by the easy comforts and pleasures in life. It's kind of like what we're doing here in this season of Lent. You know, for my own Lent, I've given up sweets. Oh, man. And there are times in my life where I am tempted, especially when I'm looking at that piece of chocolate cake on a Sunday morning. And I'm like, whew, I want that so bad. But also understanding, because... In the short term, you look, at these, you look at these things, it might be good for the moment, but it's not good for you in the long run. 
So the enemy tends to play on our human temptation for pleasure and for comfort and uses them to take us away from God's promise. So in this moment, Satan had tempted Jesus in this moment. And secondly, Jesus telling Peter to get behind him reminds us of our role as Christian disciples. In this imagery, both physically and literally, Peter and his human concerns about earthly things have now gotten in front of Jesus and his call towards the cross. And that's our fourth C word. So everybody say cross. So we have call, we have choice, we have Christ, and then we have cross. And so in his rebuke, Jesus tells Peter to get behind him, which serves as a reminder for us that we are the ones who follow Jesus and not the other way around. And what we have to understand is that following Christ means to put our call towards our crosses above all else, no matter what it costs us. And so unlike Abraham, Jesus in this moment had someone who outright challenged and questioned the authenticity of his call in Peter. And I want us to understand, friends, that Peter is not coming at Jesus from a place that's bad. But he had, you know, Peter's, Peter's perception of Jesus in this moment is being challenged because what we have to understand about the cross is that the cross represents suffering. And so when Jesus is talking about suffering on this cross. You know, Peter, someone who loves Jesus and cares so much for Jesus, can't even begin to wrap his head around seeing the fact that Jesus is going to suffer on a cross. And this cross, you know, crosses were often used for, you know, quote-unquote, the worst, the worst people, for, for, for murderers, for thieves, for heretics. And so imagining Jesus, the man that, that Peter so loved, it hurt him and it challenged him, which is what led to his rebuke. But also understanding that Peter's perception of the Messiah was limited. Peter was only worried about how Jesus' role as Messiah would impact his life as a disciple and the other lives of the disciples. But Jesus was concerned about how following his call to his cross would impact everybody, even the people who wished him dead. Just like Abraham, Jesus was willing to give up everything in obedience to God's will, even his own life, because the promise itself was enough to go on. And so, friends, I I want us to understand that taking up our crosses does not simply mean to deny ourselves of something, but it means simply to deny ourselves selflessly. Taking up our cross is not something that we just say when life burdens us, when we have an inconvenience, but instead it signifies our voluntary choice of choosing to live into the Christian mission and everything that comes along with it, including suffering and rejection for the sake of our faith. And so when Jesus states those who choose to save their own lives will lose it, he's saying that if you choose this current life and you choose the comforts of this life, that you will, true, you will lose the true life that you were meant to live in the end, which is life everlasting with the Father. This is not just in the short term, but this is in the ultimate sense. And so I know I've said a lot of things, and what I don't want to do this morning is to scare you, because look, it's hard. Discipleship comes with a lot of sacrifice. It costs you to give up so much. But I do. There is one thing that we all can do starting today. So instead of thinking to ourselves, of, so what am I getting out of this? We have to ask ourselves instead, what can we do with this? And, as I, and if I may, I would like to take a moment to open a window into my own life 
so you can have a mirror to reflect into your own lives. Unlike Abraham, I did not experience a call at 75 years old. Instead, I experienced my sense of call at 18. But similar to Abraham, I was someone who you would least expect to be called. You know, I went to church because I had to. I didn't really enjoy it. Dressing up on a Sunday took up too much time, and I'd rather play the video, my video games with my friends on a Sunday. I didn't go to Sunday school because I thought it was boring. And if I'm being truthful with you all on this day, I only went to youth group for my friends and the girls, if, if we're being entirely honest. So like I said, you, you can't look at my life and think, hmm, God's going to use that person someday. Because again, I was someone that you would least expect to be called. And so when my sense of call came at 18 years old during a time in my life where everything was kind of spiraling around me, I was a freshman at VCU on a pre-med track. And I, le- I learned and realized very quickly that bio does not like bio. I do not like chemistry. I do not like mathematics. But God bless all of you who are really good in those things. I aspire to be like you when I grow up one day. So when the sense of call came, I, it wasn't anything grandiose, like anything that just kind of came and it was like, oh, you're awesome. But it was more of a, well, the call came and I accepted it. More in the sense because I thought to myself, well, it has to be better than the life I'm living right now because I have no purpose I don't see a direction in my life. And so in this, in all this, I answered the call. I was presented with a call, and I chose to accept. Don't forget those four C's, call and choice, in those two moments. In that moment, I did both. And in the five years since I answered this call, I have experienced suffering and rejection, just like Christ did, by my peers, by other church members, by church leaders and and, and other pastors. And my call has required for me to leave my home and leave my family many, many times. I have missed birthdays. I've missed anniversaries. I've missed many important events, but I'm comforted in the sense because Christ has been with me in every season of carrying my cross. And so in those times of suffering, in those times of rejection, I was able to more strongly lean onto Christ and relate more with Christ and everything that he went through. And through Christ's example, I was empowered to take up my cross. Because even, even though I didn't always choose Christ, Christ always chose me. And so... I know, like I said, I said this is a lot, I've said a lot of things today, a lot of things that are challenging us in our sense of discipleship. And I want us to understand here too that I relate in the sense that life is the most precious thing that we have. But it's not because of the quality of it, but because life itself is a gift from God, from God's grace. And this is the same grace that God has given to us that was given through Jesus Christ's death on the cross for our sins. Friends, we don't know when Jesus will come, but we do know that Jesus will come again. And so we have to ask ourselves again, where will we find ourselves when Jesus returns? We do have the choice to stay in a mode of transaction and keep our transactional mindsets of, okay, God, I'm going to go with this call. So what am I going to get out of it? We could stay in that. Or we could move toward more of a transformational mindset and ask ourselves, so what can we do with this call, with this choice? 
And see, there's more power in we versus I. You know, the first question is more all about you. So what do I get out of this? But when we think about we, we have to understand that answering our call does not only impact our lives, but all the lives around us. It allows for us to more fully love God and also love our neighbors. And so we have to ask ourselves constantly, what is it that's, that's not allowing for us to experience the fullness of Christian discipleship? Is it the busyness of our lives? Is it our attachment to material things and comforts? Is it our fear of suffering and potentially even losing our lives? Friends, I want to close, and I want to close with this. You know, as, as you think and contemplate over these things. Jesus did not take up his cross to prevent us from suffering, but instead to show us how God can make something so beautiful out of something so broken. And so, friends, we all are now presented with the choice because now, you know, we, we as people who are called by God are now presented with the choice, the choice of choosing to follow Jesus, choosing to accept this call and follow Jesus, and following Jesus by taking up our own crosses, because all of our crosses are not the same. We now have a choice to uniquely live into God's beautiful work happening here on earth as agents of Christ. And the choice to fully live in the Christian discipleship is up to us. And it's not just something that we do here on this day and we leave it at that. It's not just for Sunday. But we have to constantly make this choice every single day. This is not just for Sunday, but it is for Monday through Sunday. And it rinses and repeats every time. So now that we have our call as Christians, the choice is up to us. And whether, we not, or, whether or not we are willing to follow Christ with whatever the call comes with, whether it's suffering, rejection, and take up our crosses, not just for the kingdom here on earth, but for the kingdom in heaven. Amen. Let us pray. Oh, gracious God, we give you thanks for this day. We thank you for this beautiful day that you have given us and for the new life that we see springing, around, springing out around us. 
We give you thanks for the gift of life that you have formed us and continue to breathe into us. We thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ, as well. And we remember this day that he came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many, as a ransom for all of us. We pray this day, O God, that you would help us to continue to grow in our understanding of who you are and of who your Son is. We pray this day, O Lord, that you would help us to be open with our eyes and our ears and our hearts and our souls to your calling on our lives and help us to be obedient and faithful to your call and to your will above all other things in our life. We pray as well, O Lord, for all those who struggle or suffer in some way this day. We pray for those who are sick in mind, body, or spirit. We pray for those who are persecuted and for those who are lost. We pray for healing. We pray for strength. And we pray for all of us to have the assurance of your presence with us. And we pray this day, O Lord, that you would take our struggles and our brokenness to continue to form us and shape us into your image. We pray especially this day for John Clark and his family after the death of his mother. We pray for Scott Rowe and his family after the death of his uncle. We pray for their comfort and for their peace. And for all those who grieve this day, we pray for comfort. We pray for the church, for Reveille United Methodist Church, for our partner churches in Swansboro, Koinonia Christian Church, and Love Center of Unity, and for the church universal. Bless all of our ministries that we would share your love and your sign and your light to the world around us. We pray for peace in the midst of war and conflict. We pray for justice in the midst of injustice. And now in the silence of our hearts, we lift up to you any personal concerns that we may have. Hear all of our prayers this day, O oh God, and we praise you and glorify you always. Bless us and keep us. We ask all of these things in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.
And now as we continue to respond to the word read and the word proclaimed, I invite our ushers to come forward that we may return to God our tithes and our offerings this day.
You may be seated. You may turn to page 13 in your hymnal if you would like to follow along. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and good and a joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Almighty God, creator of heaven and earth. You brought all things into being and called them good. From the dust of the earth you formed us into your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. When rain fell upon the earth for 40 days and 40 nights, you bore up the ark on the waters, saved Noah and his family, and made covenant with every living creature on earth. When you led your people to Mount Sinai for 40 days and 40 nights, you gave us your commandments and made us your covenant people. When your people forsook your covenant, your prophet Elijah fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. And on your holy mountain, he heard your still small voice. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God. gave him to save us from our sin, your spirit led him into the wilderness, where he fasted 40 days and 40 nights to prepare for his ministry. When he suffered and died on a cross for our sins, you raised him to life, presented him alive to the apostles during the 40 days, and exalted him at your right hand. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the spirit. Now, when we, your people, prepare for the yearly feast of Easter, you lead us to repentance for sin and the cleansing of our hearts that during these 40 days of Lent, we may be gifted in grace to reaffirm the covenant that you made with us through Christ. On the night in which he gave himself for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples, and said, Drink this, all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant, poured out for you and for many, for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. 
And so, in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Now, with the confidence of the children of God, let us pray together the prayer our Lord taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. The body of our Lord Jesus Christ is broken for you and for me and for this world. Jesus was broken that we might be healed. And the blood of Christ is shed for you and for me and for this world that we may be forgiven of our sins, redeemed and set free by the grace of God. I'd like to invite our communion helpers to come forward now. And I remind you this morning that we will take communion by intention. We invite you to come forward down the center aisle. We will have four stations in front. Come with your hands open. We will place a piece of bread in your hand. You can then dip it into the cup and take of the two elements together. If you'd like to kneel at the communion rail after communion to pray, you are welcome to do so, and you can return to your seats by the side aisle. If you need gluten-free elements, they will be here, uh, gluten-free packets in the center aisle. And if you are unable to come forward, we will also have servers going down the side aisle that can serve you in the pew. Uh, At the end of the aisles, we have two offering plates. Uh, This is our communion offering. Uh, that goes to meet the needs of those in our community. Uh, This is the table of the Lord. Uh, It is not the table of Reveille Church. Uh, It is not the table of the United Methodist Church. For those of you who love God, for those of you who seek forgiveness of your sins, for those of you who long to live in peace with one another, we invite you to come forward, for all are welcome at this table. Come now. And taste and see that the Lord is good.
Let us pray the prayer together that you'll find in your bulletin. Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. Make us ever faithful to your high calling. Grant that we may go into the world in the strength of your spirit to give ourselves for others. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Let us go forth with God's blessing as we stand and sing hymn number 664. As you prepare to go this week, we encourage and invite you to take your bulletins with you. There are multiple mission opportunities, opportunities to serve and learn throughout this week and into the weeks of Lent. And so, friends, as we go called from this space and called as God's people, may we feel encouraged to make the choice and empowered to follow Christ and take up our cross, not just for the transformation of our own lives, but for our mission as United Methodists, for the transformation of disciples in the world. Amen. <laughs>